0: Hey there, ZDB here, that's Eric Deshaun Barrett for long, and I believe you're connected on this March 7, 2021, because you are ready for our Sunday meditation. So while you're here getting ready, could you go ahead and get your Bibles and turn to Mark 8? Uh, We're gonna be somewhere around 34 to 36, but you can read the whole chapter and we'll be getting started here in just a few moments.
1: morning everyone praise the Lord this is the day that the Lord has made and we are rejoicing and we are glad in the Father we love you we glorify you we just adore you and appreciate you so much God because you are our God yes 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 it is in you that we put our trust and we come this morning first of all thanking you and praising you for all that you've done, all that you're doing, and all that you're going to do. You're just great, and you're greatly to be praised. And Father, from the rising of the sun until the going down of this thing, we decided that deliberately and intentionally to give you the praise. Yes, yes, to give you the glory and the honor Father, we thank you so much for giving us life and giving it in abundance. Thank you, Lord God, for looking upon us when we didn't know how to look at ourselves. And because of your great grace and mercy, you sent forth your darling son to come on this earth to experience life in human form and then pay the price for the penalty of sin and then allowed us to have an opportunity to, to have a relationship with you. Father, we thank you, Lord, God, that we can talk to you for ourselves and we don't have to go to a priest, and we don't have to go to a rabbi. We don't have to go to the neighborhood church. But, Father, we can open up our minds and our heart and our mouth and praise you just where you are, where we are. Father, we thank you because even now, Lord, we are separated by physical being, but we are connected in your spirit. We are connected by your power. And we thank you, Lord, God, for allowing us to be here and there and you be in the same place. And, God, we thank you for allowing us to touch and agree this morning. You said, "Where there are two or three gathered in your name. You shall be in the midst. And we thank you for being in the midst of us. God, thank you for spreading the territory out that everything in between us is being touched right now by your power, by the rays of your spirit. As we connect right now, as we glorify you, as we pray, Lord God, as we call upon the holies of holies, as we call upon the name that is above every name, and that name is the name of Jesus, that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that you, Lord, you are Lord you are God and father we thank you now that we got breath in our bodies we are able to say that you are our Lord you are our God we accept the finished work of the cross We thank you, Lord God, for what you've done. And you just didn't do it for our souls. You did it for our bodies. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We thank you, Lord God, for taking the scars on your back and taking the beating that we may be healed. Thank you, Lord God for being spit upon and and putting nails in your hands and, and Lord God putting nails in your feet and the crown of thorns on your head and being spit on and ridiculed and lied on and pushed and, and beat all night long but you did it not just for nothing but you did it Lord God that Lord God that our bodies may be
2: healed.
1: you was wounded you was wounded yes I said you was wounded for our transgressions you was bruised For our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon you and by your stripes. We are healed. And we thank you, Lord God, for doing that just for us. You did it just for me. You did it for just for everyone that's on this line this morning. You did it for everyone that's in this world. You thought you taught you you took a nut robbery to lay down your life that we could get up in ours mm, I said thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to get up another day to see the bright shining of a dawning of another day. God, someone didn't get up this morning and somebody's up, they're blinking their eyes, but they don't even know they're living. Lord God, oh, Father, we thank you that we have our faculties. We thank you for our minds that we are able to understand and we able to see, hear, smell, taste, and touch.
2: Lord, the steps
1: may not be as fast as they used to be and the thoughts may not come. Lord God, as strong as they used to be, but we thank you for what we have Mm. I said we thank you for what we have we thank you Lord God for what we have Lord God but one thing I know about you little becomes much when we place it in your hand I got somebody on this line this morning is a witness somebody on this line is a witness that when we put it in your hands Lord God you know how to stretch it you know how to stretch it Lord God you know how to Take ooders and noodles and make it taste like a state meal. You know how to take water and make it taste like a Pepsi, Lord God, and we thank you, Lord God. Oh God, you know how to take down the light and make it feel like a furnace is burning throughout the house. Hallelujah. Oh, that's the type of God that we serve and we thank you for it. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you. You are God that know how to take when there's more money than it's money. You know how to turn it around and have more money than it is is much. Ah, thank you, Lord God. And we praise you for that. Father, we thank you for the times that we are living in. But there are people hungry, Lord. There are people that are starving. There are people that are homeless today, Lord God. People, Lord God, are standing and they have gotten themselves to the point, Lord, that they are on the side of the road and they are asking for arms. And, Lord God, they don't have a place to stay. It's cold outside. And, and, Lord God, we just pray for them. Many of them have given their lives of service, Lord God. They have fought wars, and they have gone into battle for the save and keep us protected. And now they have found themselves, Lord God, on the street begging. Lord God, don't have a home. They live in our bag, God, but we pray for them today. We pray, Lord God, that you will intervene, that you will touch hearts, Lord God, that you will move upon the hearts of those who have. Move upon the hearts of the legislators and move upon the hearts of those Lord God, that have uh, all kinds of sources of, of getting funds and, and making sure they're taken care of. Thank you for touching the hearts of landlords, and thank you for touching the hearts of people, Lord God, that, that gives assistance, Lord God, and, and help those who think, can't help themselves. There are some children, Lord God, that have not eaten in days. God, they're hungry, Lord God, and we, we lift them up before you, Lord God. Oh, God, for whatever oh, yeah. reason, Lord God, it might be because they just don't have oh, yeah. the money. It might be because their parents may be strung out on drugs and alcohol. And, and Lord God, we just pray, God, that you will have mercy this morning, Lord. Have mercy, Lord God. Oh, God, we cry out for them today, Lord God, that they may receive what they need, Lord God, for nourishment of their bodies, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, for their little souls. We pray, Lord God, for their whole bodies lord god we pray for the heat we pray for the blankets lord god we pray even lord god to have mercy upon them and lord god warm up the days lord god that their bodies may be healed and may be warmed in jesus name touch the hearts of the neighbors touch the hearts of the friends god we pray this in jesus name god we thank you for what you've done through the congress we thank you lord god for touching the hearts Of those who had a heart, Lord God, and have, Lord God, a heart for those who are desperately in need, Lord God, to to put forth programs and put forth the monies and the efforts to help people to get back on their feet. Help people, Lord God, to be able to put food on their tables in this pandemic. We thank you, Lord God, for even touching them to give a stimulus check, Lord God. Oh, God, we thank you, Lord God. Somebody said that ain't enough. Somebody said they shouldn't do it. But God, you are God that know how to take a little bit again and god you know how to multiply we thank you for what you're doing we thank you for what you have touched lord god and god we thank you for that but we thank you lord god for even touching the heart of those legislators those congressmen and those senators in our local government in our state government and our national government yes. father we are not asking you lord god for handouts but father we pray lord god that the love of you the love of you will be upon them that calls them lord god to be thoughtful of those people that they represent yes. to be thoughtful of those who cannot care for themselves, those who find themselves in a lonely place. Lord, Father, those who find themselves in a take care of themselves, our seniors and our children, Lord God, and our disabled veterans, Lord God. We just pray, God, that you will continue to test their heart. We know they want office, they want prestige, they want honor, but we pray, Lord God, that they will push all of that aside and remember who you are and remember the people, Lord. God, we thank you for that this morning. You're a great God. Thank you for this service today. Thank you for the preaching. Thank you for giving him a word. Thank you, Lord, God. Our ears are open to hear what you have to say, God. Electify our hearts and our minds. Stimulate us in the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. Oh, God, we thank you this morning. We thank you because you are giving us exactly what we need in this hour and this time. Father, we thank you, Lord, God, because you know exactly what we need. Amen. I- I said, You know exactly what we need. You know when we need it, how we need it, how much we need it, and how long, God. We thank you. You don't forget about a detail, you know about everything. And we thank you, Lord God. We praise you, Lord God, for allowing us to get through this this pandemic time. We thank you, Lord God, that as things are getting better, we pray, God, that it will continue to get better. But we pray for those who are suffering this morning. We pray for those who are, are, are in the midst of and, Lord God, that are hooked to ventilators that are in the hospital. Are they conformed to their home? Lord God? We just pray for their healing and their strength. And, God, we pray for those, Lord God, that has not been affected, Lord God, that you will continue to keep them, keep them from all hurt, harm, and danger. And, Lord, we thank you for it. And we thank you for it. And we give your name to praise in Jesus' name. It. it is well. It is well. With my soul. With my soul. It is well. It is well it is At this time, I may not cover that which is on your heart and your mind that you feel that you need to take before the Lord, especially before this service today, to place it on the altar before the Lord that the Lord may hear and may give you an answer before the end of this service today. Let's go to the Lord now. It is well, it is well with my soul, with my soul. Oh, man. Well, good morning, First Virtual. Good morning good morning good, good morning. good morning. good morning. Good morning. I heard some good mornings now. I think we're alive. I think my slinging done woke everybody up now. Thank Y'all better, better watch it. You might not know you had roaches. I might not woke them up. Praise the Lord. But anyway, thank you. Good morning. <laughs> god bless you thank you thank you for joining us this morning and we welcome you to first virtual church and we thank you for tuning in and giving us uh your time this morning and share it in this worship experience i'm sure that you will be blessed i'm sure that the lord has a word especially for you i know pastor has labored hard And and, and pulling together what God has given him, and we are excited and ready to hear. I don't know about you. I brought my mixing bowl this morning. I need a word. Amen. God bless you. Enjoy this service, Sister Clarice.
3: Good morning, Pastor Booth. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you very. Yes. Thank you very much. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Not a shadow can rise, not a cloud in the skies, but a smile quickly drives it away. Not a doubt or a fear, not a sigh or a tear can abide while we trust and obey. Not a burden we bear, not a sorrow we share, but our toil he doth richly repay. Not a grief or a loss, not a frown or a cross, but is blessed if we trust and obey. But we never can prove the delights of his love until all on the altar we lay. For the favor he shows, for the joy he bestows, are for them who will trust and obey. Then in fellowship we will sit at his feet, or we'll walk by his side in the way. What he says we will do, where he sends we will go. Never fear, only trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way. To be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Good morning, Brother Dennis. Good morning. Good morning. Everybody awake
2: this morning? Yeah. Anyway, glad to be here on this uh, March 7th, day. Seems like uh, this year just started, and now it's really getting into high gear. Spring's just around the corner, and uh, the uh, the dawn of our salvation with Easter's coming up. So we should already have started to meditate on that and to fixate on what. Uh, the rebirth or the renewal of our faith means to us. Uh, along those lines, sometimes I know I myself do things um, and have been known to do things that um, kind of center around our set. Myself, uh, I don't think anybody out there has done that. You've never thought that uh, you know your pride is more important than your faith. Uh, I have been uh, guilty of that. Uh, I have been guilty that uh, my job is, is, or my pride of my job is more important than my faith. Uh, sometimes we have to put in perspective where we are and what we're doing. Uh, you know, it's easy to to think about things uh, in a worldly manner because we are a, a walking on the world and we are surrounded by the world. And we have a hard time understanding that... Uh, we we are put on this earth for a purpose, uh, and that purpose is, is to do God's will in our uh, in our lives and in the lives that we touch. If uh, I, I, I'm reminded of, of a verse in Proverbs, uh, uh, Proverbs uh, the second chapter and the third verse, and it, it kind of Self-explanatory, and, and sometimes you know when I read it, I, I have to think back of, of times when I have kind uh, of not paid attention to a diverse sense, uh, and I think that it's, it's important that we do. It's easy to say, um, you know, I, to look at me, look at what I've done. Look how great I am! Look how pretty I am! Look, look how great I look in this nice suit and this beautiful tie! Uh, don't you wish you had something like this? Or, or get all dressed up in our Easter finery and go to church? Uh, why did Why do we do that? Are we Are we there to celebrate the resurrection of our Savior, or are we there to celebrate the look of our clothes? Sometimes we get tied up in the wrong wrong things. And and Proverbs uh, chapter 2 verse 3 reminds me of that. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, value others above yourselves. Uh, Okay. that's Pretty cut and dried, isn't it? Uh, Out of ambition. Selfish ambition. Uh, Sometimes we do that very easy. Uh, a vain conceit? No, we've you been, you're a bit, no. Uh, there used to be a song, right? You're so vain. Yeah, there's nothing, the song isn't about you, right? Carly Simon that sang it, was uh, talking about one of her uh, relationships with a, another uh, singer, but anyway, you know, sometimes we are so vain, you think everything is about us, and then that's not uh, true. What is about us? It's about that we should know and project who God is to others, and we should show that in our own lives. It's easy to fall back and think about, you know, how great uh, we are or, or what well we've accomplished. And, and it's easy to forget. Sometimes we forget about others. Sometimes we forget about our own families. And, you and, uh, know and we have to renew that we have to renew that And we have to renew our faith in who we are and our faith and our belief in God in this season coming up this is a great time to start start renewing ourselves, start ridding ourselves of, of our so we say our selfish and vain ambition of course we need to do that we need to get rid of that you know I, uh, I I had the opportunity yesterday to do a uh, meeting, a Zoom, well, a reunion, so to speak, a reunion with my brothers and my sister. We, we all got together at very early in the morning and, and celebrated each other and celebrated um, our family. We had a chance to talk about things that uh, has happened to each one of us and, and where we are in our lives. But the main thing is you know, that it all revolves around God I was mentioned many times. Jesus was mentioned many times. And, and, and that, you know, that worms, warms my heart to know that my family knows who God is and knows who Jesus is. And, and there are a lot of families out there uh, that don't know who Jesus and God is and don't have that discussion among themselves but as we approach this Easter season what better time is there to uh, open up the doors in the language of love the love of God that he has shown us the love of Jesus that he has projected to us through his death on the cross and his resurrection and then why did he do that why did he become man why did he walk among us we know that we need to let other people know that we need to let other people know that God loves us more, more than we can ever imagine, because He has given us what eternal life, as long as we believe in Him and trust in Him. And that's not easy to do. We could all have testimonies about how we've fallen, how we've hurt ourselves, and how we hurt our love between uh, God and us. But we also can testify how God has still loved us and how He lifted us out of that dark hole that we were in and brought us back, back into his folds and hugged us with his loving arms. No matter how, how we treated him, no matter how we bruised his son, he still loves us, and he always will. And we have to say hallelujah, hallelujah, amen, and amen, and God bless.
4: Bless, thank you.
2: Amen.
3: Amen.
1: Well, good morning to you. Good morning. Good, good, good you. morning. Glad you're awake. Good morning.
2: Good morning. Well, you know, I'm
0: glad you're awake too. I almost got nervous then, you know.
2: <laughs> I know I tried to scare you, but I was like, holy cow. Yeah, you sure I did. Was, you sure <laughs> did. <laughs> you sure uh, did. I used
1: all my
0: phone up yesterday with my family, so I had to make sure it was recharged
1: and recharged to be strong this morning. <laughs> but uh-huh, uh-huh.
0: I uh-huh. We'll, we'll give you a pass. Well, this morning, as uh, our dear mama goes over to... Is she tickling the ivory today?
2: I do. I'm here.
0: All right, we ain't gonna make a talk. We're just gonna get over there to tickle the ivory. and uh, while she's over there, I'm ready. And give
2: me two, give me two minutes.
0: Can I have two minutes of your oh, time? Okay, okay. Yes. Yeah, All right. A, okay. I, just, I, yeah, uh, I just want, I, if I could get you to do me a favor for just, just for me. If you can, find your piece of paper somewhere, get your pen. And you heard Brother Dennis talk about his family today. That was very interesting to me. Because we have a lot of family and friends that are sitting out here in these streets that you may not have even heard of or talked to in the last 12 months or so. I don't know if you noticed it, but next Saturday will be a year that we've been in this. And you know some people that you haven't talked to. Would you write their name on that piece of paper and, and write the phone number down if you can remember it? And, and while Mama Belle is praying, playing, you pray over them. And then after this service is over, would you give them a call and say hi to them? Check on them. Check on them. Would you do that Mama Bell I'm taking up Enough okay. of your time Bless you Jesus Bless
4: you Jesus
3: March,
0: March. chapter 8, verse 34
1: through
0: 36. chapter 8, verse 34 to 36. I'm going to talk to you. No, that's a lie. It's 716. I ain't going to be brief about nothing. I got good time to talk to you today. I got a lot to talk about today. I feel good. I can take the time. Mark chapter 8 verse 34, 36 says, If anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life because of me and the gospel will save it. And if I had to pick a theme out of this, it would be this right here. For what does it benefit someone to gain the whole world and yet lose his soul or his life? Life and soul and many translations is the same. I've been, I've been thinking a lot. You know, I I, I dab into this, uh, the politics every now and again. You know, sometimes I get bored. And I've been hearing uh, the current occupant of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue talk about fighting for the soul of America. And I want to focus on that. For some time. Uh, I have to say a bad word here. That bad word is the S word. It's called series. That means I can't do it all today. I want to talk to you for, for some time. We're going to spend some time talking about the soul of America. But today going to focus on understanding what religion is and what it's supposed to be. That's the first part of our fighting for the soul of America. Now, kind Father, we ask you to allow us the opportunity to present your case today that all those listening both now and forever will, without shadow of doubt, see and hear what it is you are saying to us. And all those in agreement with that prayer respond with a howdy. Amen.
2: Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Religion is a social cultural system, I like to call it a social country club, of designated behaviors and practices, morals, worldviews, texts, sanctified places, prophecies, ethics, organizations, and the list goes on. If I could focus right just here in a minute, they said religion is defined as behavior. This argues that most participate in religion not because of the act of it, or should I say, they participate more because of the act rather than the action. done for it. Why is this? Why do most participate only out of that rather than out of the commitment to the action? As I said, I believe it is because of what I have called it so many times around here and what our piece of business here has defined it as a social and cultural system or a social country club. For many, church was never about connecting to God, rather appearing and appealing to societal standards. There was a time many of you who had the high saluted jobs would know where when you went to an employment or a place of same, you moved into a town, the first thing that that employer wanted you to do was get involved in a church. You had to have somewhere to plant your spiritual societal flag. Holding to form of godliness societal, cultural system. Then we get to good morals, good manners, character, proper behavior, decisions, actions, such a thing. This is disguised as proper and what is, or should I say what is proper and what isn't proper. Morality can be a body of standards and principles derived from a code of conduct from a particular philosophy, religion, culture, what have you. In other words, it comes from the the text of Judges which said that everyone did what seemed right in their own eyes. Religion was based on a worldview, fundamental cognitive orientation of an individual or society encompassing the whole of the individual's or societal knowledge and that point of view. What does that mean? We attach ourselves to country clubs of spirituality that connect with our views. I attend that church because we politically align, or we economically align. We go to the same institutions. They, they are filled with the same status of people. They see the world in the same eye as I. There's various parts to this. Many have argued that religion is more about rituals than sermons. The pastor has to preach a certain thing or I won't attend his church. Festivals and feasts. Y'all know down at our church, we can't have a service without a free pass. Uh-huh. You've been there. I know I have. I can tell you. I didn't have to smell the food. I could just watch you came to the door and tell you we dinner. There's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this lady now. she dead now. I ain't talk about it. I don't care. She can't bite, she can't bite me. Now I would... Be down at the church, and I would uh, hear her voice at the back door. And I would walk into the pastor's study. I remember saying it one time I said, uh, We had dinner today. She said, Who said that? Your sister just showed up. That told me. <laughs> Uh huh. Festivals and feasts, initiations. Some folk only go to church for funerals. For matrimonial services, meditations, just to pray for me when I get in trouble. They only go to get the good music. You know. Can't get them, come to a and get a good quote. At they'll be there all night.
4: And the truth. I know, Mr.
0: The and then you have the activities of religion. The structure of it. Religion is In some cases, designed for the upkeep of places of worship, such as mosques and churches, temples, synagogues, chapels. You understand about that. You worked 40 years to pay for that building. So chicken dinners and hot cakes and lollipops on the corner. Wash cars, cats, dogs, and skins. Just to move that little needle on the wall, said Bill in front of the little thermometer, you know. Sat there 20 years, only move 10 cents. In addition to such organizations, religion was designed as a mindset to control <laughs> that it was certain qualifications that you had to hold to in order to get membership. You couldn't do certain things unless you was with certain people. God might call you, but if I don't approve you, you ain't knowing it.
4: Amen. Uh, How about
0: I'm going to get to that in a minute. Because then we come to ethics. It's another part of religion. Ethics involves systemizing, defending, and recommending concepts of right or wrong behavior. It is a central aspect of the good life, the life worth living or a life that simply satisfies. We built a system that was designed to appeal to our satisfaction. That's why you couldn't have a service without a meal.
1: Because there was no satisfaction involved.
0: It was Russ Worth Kidder who said, Standard definitions of ethics have typically included such phrases as the science of the ideal human character or the science of moral duty.
1: It was Richard
0: William Paul and Linda Elder who defined ethics as a set of concepts and principles that guide us in determining what behaviors help or harm creatures. The Cambridge Dictionary of Philosophy states, ethics is commonly used interchangeably with morality, and sometimes it is used more narrowly to mean more principles and particular traditions, groups, and individuals. And then we go back to Paul, and elder, who says most people confuse ethics with behaving in accordance with social conditions. Conventions or religious beliefs, the laws, and don't treat ethics as basically what he's trying to say. Don't nobody know what's going on. It goes back to that faithful time up there in Judges when it said everybody did whatever seemed right within their own eyes. And then you have religion. But y'all pray for me because this is borderline heresy. Because for many of us, especially as, as we call them in the street, us old heads, us old Gs, people who've been around church a long time, it becomes very difficult for us to accept that to many aspects of the world, the Bible is just another book on the shelf. Many people consider the Bible as the book of symbolic, symbolic stories. It connects to holy places and aim mostly to give a meaning to life. especially the Moses and Exodus story, which can be argued to have remote historical nuclear without positive effect. Basically what they're trying to say is you don't know if it happened for sure. You won't bear. But that's why we don't base our belief on fact. We base it on faith. Now let me tell you why I say that. Go over there to Hebrews chapter 11 where it says, now faith is the reality of what's hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. For by this, our ancestors were proved by faith, we understand. Faith, complete trust or confidence in someone or something Two, believe in God or in doctrine of religion based on spiritual apprehension rather than proof. You can't prove that it's bad. You just believe it. Most of us have argued things that we cannot prove. But our faith is not to be proven, it's to be believed. I'm going to get back to that in a minute. Because the fact is there are some 10,000, believe it or not, distinct religions worldwide. And here's why I made that previous statement about the Bible being just a book on the shelf, because even though 84% of the world's population are affiliated with the main religions, you still take the 84% and divide it by Christianity, Hinduism, Islam, Buddha. And then we get into the two pieces of business that most of us don't deal with is atheism and agnostics. Let me deal with this atheism real quick. Atheism is, in the broadest sense, an absence of belief in the existence of God. Most applied to those thought to reject the gods worship by larger societies. What is that saying? When you really sit down and discuss with an atheist and ask why he doesn't believe is because he saw church folk act up. He saw them Say one thing and do another. They claim something that they could not back up. That's why I say, why are you fighting faith? You cannot fight. Faith. When you really peel back the onion, open this book, and get to the allergic and do section, you can't prove half the stuff in this book. And if you really sit down and look at it, some of it don't even make sense. But faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Let's go back there to Hebrews 11. Because it says, by faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. By faith, Abel offered to God a sacrifice better than Cain. By faith, he was approved as a righteous man because God approved his gift. By faith, Enoch was taken away. Now, how are men will just walk away with God? That is humanly and scientifically impossible. But it didn't say he did it. It said by faith. We believe he did it. Our faith, again, is in spiritual apprehension. We believe that God can do things that cannot be explained. There are things around us, you used to hear old folks say, I can't explain why this happened, all I know it did. That is the very essence of faith. The argument I said for atheism, let me get back to that, ranges from philosophical to social, and here's the and here's, yeah, historical, thank you for allowing me to blunder through that, approaches. They don't believe in deities. They include arguments that I said that lack imperial evidence. They have been argued with over stuff, and I can't say it enough that you can't prove. But then you get to agnosticism, which is the view that the existence of God, of the divine, or supernatural is unknown. There might be something there, but I'm not sure of it. It's been defined, and I quote, human reason is incapable of providing sufficient rational ground to justify either the belief that God exists or the belief that God does not. That goes back to your faith. You've never seen him, not physically. He didn't walk down your street last night. He did, but you didn't see it. You can't prove it. Ain't one of them little cameras you got. I don't care how expensive that phone is. None of them caught a picture of them. Ain't nobody got a selfie on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. But it's by faith that you believe he's there. The English botanist Thomas Henry Hulick coined the word agnostic in 1869 and said, It simply means that a man shall not say he knows or believes that which he has no scientific ground for professing to know or believe. Then, you come to Brother Charles Darwin, who studied to be an Anglican clergyman. But while doing so, he eventually began to doubt his faith. Even though he was not a believer, he had become so distant away from it, he's now gone into this agnostic mindset. He still stayed down at the church. That breeds another problem. You got folk teaching stuff they don't even believe. Mm. Mm. But Darwin continued to help in the church, even while avoiding church attendance. He helped, but he didn't even go. He was a part of the societal system, but he wasn't a part of the faith. Darwin stated that it would be absurd to doubt that a man might have this. It's possible to be a theist and an evolutionist. I happen to kind of agree with that statement. I feel that we can end the argument between creationists and evolutionists. It's a big old loophole in there that most don't want to talk about because the financial situation won't allow them to. Think about it. The Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He did it with a word. But it never told you how. Even let evolutionists tell you how it was done, but it never tells you who. Put the two together, and then you got a good argument. Why can't we stop this wall? Again, back to Darwin, he said, although he distanced himself from his religious views, he says, I've never been an atheist in the sense of denying the existence of God. I think that generally an agnostic would be the most correct description of my state of mind. I like Brother Darwin because Brother Darwin Reminds me of another preacher I'm sure you can recall him He in many circles is Identified as The great doubter You remember brother Dowden Thomas Who in some religious Circles also is identified as The originator Of agnosticism Boy, it was Brother Brother Thomas, should I say, thank you for again letting me blunder, who said, after the disciples had told him that they had seen Jesus, he said, unless I see the marks in his hands and put my finger in his side, I ain't going to believe it. That's an agnostic right there. If I can't prove it, it didn't happen. Then Jesus comes in and he counters this argument. He told Brother Thomas, he said, because you have seen, you have believed. But bless it. This is the premise of the faith. Blessed are those who have not seen. And yet, they believe. You didn't see the nails in his hand. You didn't see. Them pierced him in the side. You didn't see the blood run down the streets of Jerusalem. You didn't see the veil ripped in the temple. You didn't see them put a crown of thorns on his head. You didn't see any of that. I'll take it a step further. You don't even see that I'm sitting in this room. Boy, you know, I can be talking to you from the city of Mars. You know, they sent a shuttle up there. You don't know I ain't on it. Well, at least one of you don't know I'm on it. Ooh. But you believe. Even though you have not seen. As I said, they 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 have argued that Brother Thomas is the originator that agnosticism was birthed because of him, but I beg the difference. Because there was another occasion that I feel speaks to agnosticism, if you will. You remember there was a man who went to Jesus. His boy had some issues, some challenges. In modern day, we would call it, he was, uh, uh, he had mental challenges. His mental health wasn't up to par. Jesus looked at that man, he said, if you can Everything is possible for one who believes, and that that man, who was an agnostic, cried out and said, "I do believe, but help my unbelief." Agnosticism, right there in front of your eyes. which is why it brings us to the very key part of the faith. The study of religion, which encompasses a wide variety of academic disciplines, including theology, comparative religion, social scientific studies, theories of religion, so forth and so on. It focuses on what and why you believe. This is what I call a good Bible study myself. It's in the words of Brother Paul, who's doing one of his mentor sessions with Brother Timothy. You know he stated it when he was talking to him. He said, study to show thyself. How can you know if you don't read If you can't rightly interpret the word. And then he said, this is what you do. For all folk who like to defend the faith. He said right there under that one. He said, avoid irrelevant conversations. You ain't got time to be arguing people. Either they believe it or they don't. Either they have it or they don't. Because it will engage in absolutely nothing. According, and I'm going to start bringing this in in a minute because I don't want to bore you too much longer. I'm enjoying myself. I hope you are as well. I'll enjoy myself by myself. <laughs> According to a peer research center, the DP research center, excuse me, ain't many of them, just one. They studied all of the nations and territories. It's when you put them all together, it's some 230. And they said 16% of the world's population is not affiliated or identified with any religion. Why is that? Popular view. It gets back to that religious authority that I told you about earlier. I know I've said a lot. But it talked about how following the capture of Rome in 1870, when they built that structure, they fixed it so that only certain entities can be at the top of the church. God may call you, but if we don't want you in our little club, you ain't getting used. You may be able to preach like Paul and sing like angels, but you ain't getting in my pulpit nor singing in my choir because you don't fit my social standards. You didn't go to the institution that I agree with. You did not participate in the clubs or the cliques that I wish to hang with. so the church, then the Roman Catholics decided they were going to create this club that only allowed all white men to run churches. And everybody else just sat down. This bread, the distance, people from religion. Let me get to America here because I want to finish this up. When you think about where we are now, we're hollering about the soul of America. You look at what's going on with the Republicans and those right-wingers, if you will. They call themselves Christian Reconstructionisms or Reconstructionists or Dominionists, if you will. They use as a backdrop a verse over in Matthew 28 and 18 that says, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. They have taken that. And they have compared it with Genesis 1.28. And they have come to the conclusion that they are destined to rule and superrule this earth. There's many people in that particular piece of business. I'm going to get to somebody you know in a minute, but let me work on down to the climax. There was a gentleman by the name of Rush Dooney who said, and I quote, The purpose of Christ's coming was in terms of the creation mandate. The redeemed are called to the original purpose of man to exercise dominion under God to be covenant keepers, and to fulfill the righteous law. Now, if you don't look at that too hard, you might agree with it, if you don't look at it too hard. This is where it stumbled a little bit. Manipulated because if you go over there to Romans eight and four it says in order that the laws requirements will be fulfilled in us we do not walk according to the flesh. So how are we supposed to be running flesh when we don't operate according to that? I told you if you didn't read it hard enough you miss it. Elsewhere, that Rush Doomy wrote, the man who is being progressively sanctified will inescapably sanctify his home, school, politics, economics, science, and all things else by understanding the interpreting of all things in terms of the word of God. Well, wait a minute. What about everybody else that live around here? that may not come from the Southern Baptist Church or the First Presbyterian or the Second Methodist or the Ninth Church of God. What about everybody else that don't go down there? to that man out there in Texas, I ain't going to name his name out there in this national call. I ain't going to talk about him, probably because I can't remember his name right now. That's all right. He got away with a pass. Bless you, dear heart. I'm still going to give a praise. What about all the people who come from churches you disagree with? Do they fit in this category? Absolutely not. Because what you just said in that statement is you and your organization is designed. Everybody who agrees with you should have dominion. There are many people who agree with this. I call in names because they're dead. Jerry Falwell to be one of them. Y'all remember him? And then our brother, down there in Virginia Beach, and one of y'all go down there every time y'all wanted to have a conference for them two-string beans. <laughs> one chicken leg and a scoop of mashed that was instant from the Walmart. old Pat Robertson who said, as he was gearing up to run for president, he said, If I win, the only people I'm bringing in is white evangelical Christians and Jews.
2: Mm.
0: Where are the black folks? Where are the brown folks? And all that's hitting inside there, where are the women? And then he also said in that statement, he said, There will never be world peace until God's house and God's people are given their rightful place in leadership at the top of this world. Well, I thought we didn't operate for this world. I thought we operated to go to heaven. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me, for in my Father's house of many mansions, if it were not, so what I told you, I go to prepare. He didn't say he was going to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue or one Capitol Hill. Matter of fact, he didn't even tell you where it is. How do I know? Because old agnostic Thomas, So how do we know he's going to worry about all that? I get to it down the road. So what am I trying to say as I bring myself to a close? Since we desire to build an America based on the Bible, I say we do that. But how about we use an interpretation that does not portray the faith as a bunch of self-righteous, Hippocratic know-it-alls? I'm okay with the gospel, as I said earlier, the center around certain absolutes because the truth is there are some things, that I keep saying it, that I just don't know. There certain parts of the Bible I won't touch because in my current state I just don't understand it. You got them parts too. And I'll even go on another fact, the words of Brother Andre Crouch. He said, I don't even know why he even loved me. I can't understand why he cares. I don't even know why he sacrificed his life. Oh, but I'm glad. I'm so glad he did. So glad. Mama, grandma, come to pray. I want to tell you something. Since Today I'm talking about understanding religion and what it should be. I have come to the learning of, in a word of another song, I just want that old-time religion. Because that's good good enough enough for me. me. It was good for Paul and Silas. Mm. Lord, it's good enough for me. me. It makes me love everybody. That's good enough for me. And most importantly, it'll take us all to heaven. That's
1: good enough enough for me.
0: Give me that old. Mm. Time religion. Mama, Grandma.
4: Most gracious and all wise, Father, we just thank you this morning. We thank you for the word that you have sent to us. And God, let this word sanctify our souls. Let us sanctify our hearts, God. Let us take this word and walk in the light of your word. You say, love the Lord thy God with all our hearts and all our souls and all our minds. Help us to love you as you love us, God. Help us, O oh God, to depend on you, trust you, and believe your word. O oh God, that's the only way is truth. Truth is believing in God. And help us this day to meditate on this word. Meditate on what you have sent to us today, that we may live holy, 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 holy. Live as you have called us to live, dear God. You said, be thou holy as you are holy. And help us, O oh God to walk in this Word, not just talk about it, but God help us become life to us, that as we go forth, we can be the shining light in this dark world. The world needs a light, God. The world, our families need a light, God. Our families need help, God. And God, we ask you to let your love flow through us, oh God, that they can see Christ in our lives, that we might hold up that banner that blood-stained batter. Let them know that you paid a price for us. You gave us the best was nothing else that you could give but yourself. And you gave yourself that we may have a right to the tree of life. We just thank you this morning. We praise you and we magnify your name. We thank you for sending us the word through our pastor. And God, we ask you to bless him. Keep him encouraged strengthen his heart, God. Help him to stay close, closer, closer to you, that you may reveal to him the things that we need to know. We just thank you this morning, God. We love you, we praise you, and we magnify your name. And God, we give your name all the honor, all the praises, all the glory. But God, without that, we are nothing. We couldn't do nothing unless you hold our hands. We couldn't make it without you, God, and help us to always remember what we have is because you give it to us, because you love us, you love us so much, and we thank you for that today. We just praise you, God. Oh, merciful Father, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, God. God, you said all things, give thanks. And God, we got to praise you for where you have brought us from and where you going to take us to. We just thank you, God. We love you, Jesus. Help us to love as you love. Help us to love ourselves. Help us to love one another, God. Truly love, not just talking, but God help us to love as you love. And we thank you for that this morning. We praise you and we love you and we give your name all the honor. In In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Have a great Amen. Week. Have a great week. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you. God bless.